Welcome to the Draft Doctors Podcast, your home of weekly draft content. Now here's Steve, Jono, Cam, and the Statesman. G'day everyone and welcome back to the Draft Doctors after our brief hiatus. Uh, we are back after I scorched the Statesman in the polls after the face-off. Well done to everyone on Twitter for getting around the correct side of everything. And of course, joining me this week is the loser himself, Stato. Um, actually, I didn't win. Um, so that's pretty disappointing for you. And I, I like the way you set it up. Like, you even confused me how to vote. And one of them, I actually voted for you, but I still won that poll. Um, so uh, very predictable by the alt-right crew. Um, <laughs> bit of fake news going on. Uh, you didn't even sort of point out who was doing what. Um, but anyway, uh, as the result, even though the alt-right crew aligned it a certain way, it still ended up even. So 2-2. Two, two. But it's pretty sad. Uh, if people knew the facts, they would uh, did, did get vote the for the right votes. person. But anyway, that's such as life. Even I did. <laughs> I'm serious here. One that you won. Uh, sorry, one that I won. And it wasn't by a big margin. I can actually show you that the little the little tick. The little tick shows that I voted for you. It's pretty sad. That's funny. I thought it would have been Butters for sure, the one where you did. Because what I did there was I listed... I think I listed your name first and then my name in the poll. but then, And then on the uh, where you have to vote, I listed them aligned with first and second, except for LDU and Butters because everyone loves Butters. I'm like, this isn't – I'm not going to – Yes, you're not <laughs> trying to rig a vote. People love Butters. Um, surprise, surprise. I, I've been waiting for the uh, legal action or the riot based around that I won two of the polls. <laughs> Oh, look, the look the DD crew down in the lab, the the legal team, they're on retainer, <laughs> big retainer, um, one of the best. <laughs> so they're ready to come. Anyway, Stato, footy's happening. A lot of player niggles out Incredible. there. Jack McRae got a ping fantasy community sent into raptures. It's these salary cappers. They don't have any stones. No, the injuries are uh, hurting us pretty badly, to be honest. Um, the The... The worst thing, it's most of the injuries seem to be all in our forward line, which is already thin enough. So um, punt those forwards, go for it. Yeah, there we go. And um, what the hell is it? Oh, yeah. You know, it's an interesting thing this preseason. As everyone knows, I've been on the container deposits game just racking up racking up the dollars. Um, a weird thing happened. I did dry January, so I didn't have any, any alcohol. And I was worried that... Because all the cans I collect from my grog, I was going to, you know, lose money. Right. The strangest thing happened, Stato, is at the end of January, my bank balance was like hundreds of dollars higher than it would normally be. So I'll tell you what, <laughs> I'm pretty excited going forward. I'm pretty excited. I don't know what the correlation is, but I'm pretty excited going forward when I get back on the cans <laughs> as to what what my bank balance is going to look like when I start cashing in all this money. It's it's going to be good times for the Fizz man. Might not be the poorest man in fantasy for much longer. By the sounds of your reaction of getting back on the cans, um, maybe that uh, tag might remain with you for some time. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens, mate. The, the evidence is inconclusive. Anyway, we are doing what the hell show are we doing today? Fact or fiction? So we're going to break That's down on. some of the myths. We've all been hearing over the preseason some of the narrative street 
things. Uh, Butters can only score 120. Errol Goulden, the only way is up. Stato, why don't you kick us off with something you want to prove or disprove? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going fact, and we sort of quickly talked about it at the opening of the show as well, but our forward lines are mega thin. It's a fact. And sadly, they're actually only getting thinner. So it looks likely the the latter or the, the riskier potential breakout players might be the right way to go and going reasonably late. So get one of those big ruckmen. Uh, we've probably got four or five to, to pick from there. Um, also stack your midfield, finding a, a D1 somewhere along the line and hold off on the forwards. Let them take all the the ones that seem to have the pumped-up scenario that's not really going to work out for them and look at the ones that have really got some value. So your Joshua Shelley's, your, your Sartis, your Connor McDonald's, potentially even Jack Graham, who I heard a really good report. So unfortunately... The fact is that our forward lines are very thin and only getting thinner, Steve. What? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not completely in agreement with you on this one. I, I, like, at what point did we punt to? Like, you can't tell me you'd be comfortable with, like, say, Josh Rochelle is your F one. I'm not comfortable with anyone that I've got listed in my top ten outside maybe Flanders. Um, if it's true, those reports that he's midfield, but I'm not comfortable with McRae anymore. I, I know there's a bit of hype on Dustin Martin. Um, I understand that, but at, at his, ha- his age, I, I just, I'm not putting my house on it. So I would rather that 105 mid than, than falling into, um, someone who could very well disappoint me as a F1. So I'll, I'll, you've got to have thinness in the draft in some position somewhere. I'm happy for it to be punting the forwards and taking some risks there. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I just think on, like, if, if you're Caleb Daniels, you're F1. I don't think there's a big problem. But, I, you know, if you get to, like, Jeremy Cameron and then your F2s, who knows? I just, I reckon it sounds nice in theory, but in reality, once you get there, things look different. And like in AFL fantasy, the mids bat pretty deep. I, I have a hard time convincing myself that it's a great play. Depending on, I mean, depending on where you're taking them. I, I don't know, man. I, yeah, well, I'm happy for Josh Rochelle. Yeah, I'm happy for Josh Rochelle or Connor McDonald to be my F1. Wow, you got bigger stones than me, my man. Anyway, my we fact or fiction, I'm going to kick it off with, yeah, hey. Uh, halfback is the new midfield. We've seen it, uh, everyone's sort of raving about the, the halfback and the, the quicker ball movement is really knocking down the, the, that ceiling of the midfield. There's more defenders scoring well than ever. That's, that seems to be where the points are. And I even go so far as to say this, Stato, is that I think the AFL writers are starting to curate their material around halfback roles because it used to be for years, so-and-so is getting more midfield time, so-and-so is getting midfield time. Now they're starting to say he's going to be 
put off half back. And I think it's all the people reading these articles at the minute that are us fantasy sickos. They see the clicks on the, you know, whoever's at half back roll sort of material. And, and that sort of news goes up because there's some random players getting half back time that I'm just not, I'm not convinced they're going to be getting it. Yes, well, we just found out that there's another Gold Coast superstar. Um, bit of sex on halfback. Oh, mate, I'm all here for the sex goat on halfback. Jamie Elliott's at halfback. It is a good role for some. That's what it is. It's a good role for some, and obviously you need to have good um, good use of the ball. Um, so I can't see Timmy T dropping down there, but um, it, it does seem to be that quarterback can get a bit of a ceiling. Um, but the problem is new coach comes in, wants to try something different. It's it's easy to go, no, nah, that doesn't work and change quickly. So if you go hard, um, say, on a sexton as your, your F2, F3, on that word, then you could find yourself in a bit of trouble. Yeah, yeah, 100%. What, what else you got for us? Well... I've got a bit of fiction. Um, speaking about halfback players, this one I just think is a, is a bit of a trap. Um, so Zach Williams, <clears throat> there's so much salary cap hype because of his, because he's discounted. So, yes, he could make some money in that sort of model of the game, but I don't think the hype will cross over to draft leagues. And unfortunately, because he is so hyped and so highly talked about and so highly selection selected in salary cap formats that you're actually going to see him go a lot earlier than what he should. Now, not only is he coming back from an ACL, which takes some time to fully recover, I've always said an ACL is actually a two-year injury. So a year to recover, get healthy, get right again, and a second year. So the, the actual third season is when you actually start getting back to your best. But there's always that risk a higher risk of a hamstring injury. So that happens quite regularly for people coming back from an ACL. But the other thing, and this is the key thing for me, it's actually been five years ago, so 2019, that's five years ago since he had a good season. So 2023, missed it all because of the ACL. 2022, only nine games and an average of 69. It's nice. Uh, 2021, 14 games and an average of 71. Uh, and 2020, 11 games out of the 17. Obviously, I haven't adjusted the 1.25, but that year was an average of 65.6. So we're talking a long time. Now, the reality is he had a three-year spell. One averaged 82, the other one 83, and the next one when he got that midfield time, um, was 92.7. All three years he played 20 games, but it's the only time that he's played the majority of the games he's never played a full season. So fiction, Zach Williams having hype. Does does he have hype? Oh, yeah, big time. Is this just a salary cap thing? It's, it's hype because of the salary cap, but um, most people um, that play draft salary cap and they get sucked in ah yeah I don't know man I'm not about to tackle him's life I'll put it that way 
Well, you, you, know, where do you have him ranked? Oh, um, down in the ass, 69. Ooh, nice. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But Take that, Zach Williams. But I, I reckon he's going to be someone's D3 because they're going to be thinking of that 85 average. You reckon? Oh, maybe. Maybe in Supercoach because he used to be a pretty handy Supercoach player, but I don't know, man. You'd have to be... It's, it's the salary caps. They're they just, you know... These people have no logic. You're telling me he's going... I have, like, D3. So, Witherden, Salem, Wilkie... Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Steve, but no, I, I've got to say this. Um, you're a more salary cap pods this year than I've ever known you to do. What's going on? You, you, me? I haven't done any. You, what the hell are you, you talking you're about? Re- mate, you're on the pod pod with me. I've got the evidence. Yeah, they needed me to lift the. They were Look, they see our interactions on Twitter. We have the good <laughs> followers. They'll go. Oh, we need we need to get a bit of a pump up, Steve. We need to get the so you know Dossie and his SEO. Uh, I have also seen some advertising um, for you being on the coaches panel. Yeah, but I do that every year. Mm-hmm. So another salary cap. So you've been yeah, on but- one draft show, two salary cap shows. <laughs> have, have, have you done? Have you done anything with the traders? Uh, I did the did the draft kit. There you go. So that's draft. No, no, but that's draft. It's draft. <laughs> that's right. Sounds like. I suppose I wrote the. I got the deck of DT coming. There you go. It should be out. Another um, salary capper. So look, it's it's turning to seventy five percent of your content is salary cap. So you've got to stop bagging and, and criticising people for listening and texting you and threatening that you're going to close everything off when you're actually part of this. It's an inside job, you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> so what's, in. what's your fiction? i got Dylan Moore as being old reliable. I'm just not about it. Wow. I, um, so I'm going to take aim at the salary cap as pew, pew. Um, because, I just did, and not not that I. Hey, I just did before too. With Zachy Williams, yeah, um, yeah, but this guy is actually draft relevant, and I, I just want to bust the narrative that he's a safe option because I'm not convinced he is. You look at the guys who play that medium forward role. And I know he's a really good player, and I'm not saying he's a bad player by any stretch, and he should be an F1, but I just don't know about the upside and I just don't know if he's not going to trend down a couple of picks. And the reason is he's he, he sort of relies on everyone else to get him the ball, which is kind of what happens in that role. Like you're leading out, um, getting the ball in transition, which is fine. He doesn't take shots at goal, which you don't need to do, but I think it's nice and it helps you. Like you look at other guys who do the same thing, like Dusty Martin, um, Toby Green, they're getting shots at goal. Dylan Moore, and I look at the forward line he's in, and there's so much young talent coming through. I look liken it to like say when Took Miller, and they're playing different roles. But how often do you see that guy who really excels for fantasy because they're just getting bulk volume, and then like the young guys start stepping up around them, and they come back to the pack, and then the next year they come back a little bit more. 
and before you know it, they're the fourth peg in the midfield where they were like 30 points clear of everyone. And I just wonder, like, how does it work that, like, Connor McDonald's getting better and uh, Blake Hardwick goes in the forward line and Cam McKenzie's going to get better and Josh Ward's going to get better. All these things are going to happen. Fucking oath they are. And they're going to have, like, 500 possessions. Going back to the old Cats days. Mm. I just don't understand how all this happens and Dylan Moore maintains 88 like not much has to happen for him to, you know, drop down to a low 80s. It's a mark and a kick, and he relies on marks for a quarter of his disposals. So that's sort of where I'm a little bit cagey on Dylan Moore. Still still like him. Still think he's an okay F1, but uh, he's probably someone I'm going to let draft in front of me. I'll put it that way. Wow. That's... Uh... It's a bit of shade you just put on. Well, yeah. I think people are looking for value in the forward line, and understandably so. So maybe they're painting narratives, but I just... Like, I look at a Caleb Daniel, right? And Caleb Daniel probably doesn't have much upside. Mm -hmm. But he's in a pretty thin team. They've had one of the best uncontested ball winners in their team is going out for the year. One of the other best, <laughs> probably the two best, besides himself, one's got a niggle, one's out for the year. Mm. Well, what does Caleb Daniel do? He gets outside pill. That's what he does. Like, he doesn't miss games. He's had a pretty clean scoring history. I think he's pretty safe. Just doesn't like Ballarat. No one does. No one, <laughs> it's the inferior rat. That's correct. Jeez, it's a while since I've heard that. How long have you left Ararat? Uh, four years. Shit. You know, we've my, been doing this old, too long. Old... We have. We have. <laughs> man, the job comes up. The jobs just come up in our rat. I was like, man, I might. I went up there uh, a couple of weeks ago, just scouting things out, <laughs> like, having a look around. <laughs> but, yeah, maybe I'll come back. Superior. Maybe I'll come back. It is nice up there. Anyway, stay up. Questions? You got any more for no, us? No, no. Let's get the questions. Yeah, okay. All right, we'll get straight into the questions. Frio, the release of the kitten simulator happening. Man, if it's not out by the time of this pod, fuck. It's been a nightmare. They're definitely out. The draft kit's out, people. It's definitely out. Yes, go and get it. A lot of work went into this. We've been going since December. My God. Yeah. Um, and that that and the makeup of the Crows midfield. Stato, everyone's getting a run through there these days. Oh, that's it's starting to scare me. This there's there's quite a few that are doing this. We is everyone trying to follow Port Adelaide or something with the highest CBA getters in the sixties? I um I like having everything done by this point when teams are starting to do the internal stuff because there's so much you know, yeah, noise out yeah, there. That's true. It's um two midfields, it's a nightmare, isn't it? So, I, it does it does help when they do the probables v possibles. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, do you think Saligo gets in there? Uh, I've, I've talked about this a little bit. If if I was coaching that, um, obviously, Led is just the rock for you, um, Dawson who I think is only 26. So he's still learning that trade. Um, he'll still be around when 
they're in line or, or got a chance. But everyone else, so Matt Crouch, is he going to be there when you win a premiership? The answer is no. So what do you do? Well, you you rotate and you develop the kids. So to me, Saligo, Rochelle and Peddler are the three that I'll want to actually spend time in there. And they've all yep. got the burst they need. Yeah. Uh, Jaden Papowski, Connor Rosie can average 110 plus in Port Adelaide system or butters. Yeah, that's the problem. Um, you won't get all three wines, butters, and rose all averaging 110. So someone's got to be the third. Um, and someone's got to spend time out of that. I, I keep on going back to Wines wasn't fit last year. Um, uh, Butters and Rosie look great, but the reality is they both can do other things. Um, so I think there's a good rotation with at least four, maybe five, because Horn Francis will spend some time there. But... Um, the franchise can play elsewhere, right? Oh, I think, yeah, I think so. And I think Butters and yeah, mm. Butters and Rosie, like you said, if they get a bit better return out of halfback, i.e., stop some goals and transition the ball a bit better, I could see one of them getting there. I find it hard to believe that both do. Yeah, and I don't know who yeah, it is. Agree. Yeah, I, I think there's there's the potential with everything going wonderful. There's a there's 110, there's 105, and there's 100 out of Wines, Butters, and Rosie. But who's what? It's a good question. Yeah, 100%. Jorge, the best DPPs are at Shed 16. <laughs> <laughs> wow, some um, old ones coming up. Love it. Love to old see references. the throwback. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Oogie Boogie, this will be the final episode of the Draft Doctors sorry, again. Sorry, just roll back. Is that people just making sure that we don't um, smack them down a little bit? They're going, we're not new listeners. So what's going on here? Dave? Hey, works for me. Mm. Love it. Love a callback. Uh, this will be the final episode of the Draft Doctors again, if most of the questions here relate to the <laughs> Classic. Again. <laughs> Hello, mate. Very good, like that. Our old mate who goes to bat for Cam, the Cam intro guy, um, made a great call during the week. If Steve, Steve Fizz had a dollar for every time he the pod it was ending, <laughs> he would be the poorest man in fantasy. <laughs> Very good. Motherfucker. Uh, also, from Woogie Boogie, one day Nat Fife will find a woman he looks at the way he looks at himself. <laughs> Oh God! Fiction. <laughs> and we Seb did Ross not is say that. Seb Ross is cooked from a fantasy perspective. Uh, look, I I think he is. Although doing a bit of data on St Kilda um, and chatting to uh, Holmesy and, and Harmy about it too, and we were sort of saying breaking it down, and we go, well, we definitely know one person that's in that midfield, and that's Steele was really hard after that. So there, there could be, you know, a host of five or six, you know, Hunter Clark, Windhager, you know, your favourite boy, 
um, no doubt averaging 95 this year because um, you bagged him. Um, and <laughs> Crouch. <laughs> Crouch. So it, it's um, it, it still looks a little thin. So maybe Seb Ross has not gone gone, but I have dropped him from a um, a thirty keeping dynasty. Yo, take that, Seb Ross, uh, the truth mm. seeker. You can't pick primos on early buys, which I have flagged. We've sent that down to uh, the warrants team for an arrest. <laughs> that's, that's a salary question. Oh yeah. Um, but he did he did try to salvage the day by uh, saying mainly classic, but also how does it affect your draft order? Say you think Walsh goes 115, but Butters goes 105. Do you take Butters high average simply for the fact he doesn't have an early buy? Uh, no, you, you have your rankings, and if you're debating between two and one has an early buy, that's the only separator. Yeah, good tiebreaker there. Uh, Russ, yeah. halfbacks from... From low meters gained per disposal teams score more individual fantasy points. Wow. That's an interesting stat. Well done, Russ. I seriously hadn't looked at that, but that's a good reference point, especially with the new halfbackers. Yeah, it's it's a good point, and that's sort of what I've been banging on about a little bit over the preseason. When you look at the top guys, a lot of it's, you know, Sicily and... Sinclair and Wanganine Miller are these are guys from low mm. meters gain per disposal teams. Russ has been doing a bit of work on that. Well done, Russ. Uh, Brett McFarlane, Clayton Oliver is not a first round pick this year. Fact or fiction? Oh wow! Um, right now it's fact. Um, um, he is definitely not, but it might be fiction if he's playing and playing in the midfield come practice games. And we also get the opening round with him. So things may change, but it's it's factually right now until you see him actually playing and what type of form and fitness he's in, you're spot on. Oh, I think it's fact irrespective. If he, if he pumps out 150 on bloody opening round... Yeah, but then the draft's over. No, people may draft leading into uh, round one. Mm. That's a good point. Mm. Yeah, I don't think so Mm. anyway. Yeah. Uh, Fantasy nut. Yo is worth the risk. P.S. I have no idea what his current ADP is. So is Yo worth the risk, fact or fiction? Don't you? Don't you actually... Absolutely love that he just clarified that it's a draft question. Yeah, I do. Just drop the ADP. <laughs> Very sweet. Like it. Yeah. Like it. Um, oh, look, I think he is worth the risk, to, but it all depends what round you're going him. Um, there's a bit of hype because the journos are watching him train and watch him do magic match him and say he's moving the best he ever has. Um, I think they might have been saying those type of things last preseason too. So, um, But obviously with so many in their midfield moved on from the club, 
and unfortunately the majority of the young ones coming through um, not in full training at the moment, um, it's it's Tim Kelly and it's Yo. They're, they're the two midfield mainstays. And being defender-ranked and being an inside mid, especially someone that's got the tackling pressure that Yo has, um, I reckon he's worth the punt. But be careful, he... He uh, might let you down again. Well, I think with draft, that's the nice thing is you can put it, put him in an appropriate spot in your ranks. Yeah, where you, yep. where that's your risk profile. So, yep, yep. Uh, hot takes. Kitty Coleman is going the abs, going to absolutely brain it for a full season because Collingwood let him roam free in the first half of the grand final. <laughs> um, that's a good fact or fiction question. Um, I reckon it's fiction. Yeah, I think it's fiction too, man. Mm. That, that, that's a that's a good question. Hot takes. If you wanted to, if you wanted teams, speaking about the halfback thing, if you wanted teams that uh, don't seem to produce high end halfbacks, let's say. Teams with heaps and heaps of stoppages. There you go. Hmm. Miller time. Is everyone going to be a half back? <laughs> Apparently. That's, that's fiction. It's fiction. Now, you know who's not is Isaac coming. Don't worry about that. He finished. Sad. Uh, fact or fiction, Stato made all his money on BBL NFTs. <laughs> <laughs> that's very good that's very good uh, <laughs> um, that's fiction that's fiction Josh fact or fiction two of the most putrid teams in North and Hawthorne are going to be fantasy gold mines oh, I think it might be fact well if everyone's predictions are true they will be but yeah I, I don't think it goes it's... to that extreme but I, I think uh, I think there's some really good value in drafts out of those two teams. Yep. Yeah, it's, I'll tell you the other teams that seem to have a bit of value around them are the teams that are playing opening round. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Ben, does tr- does Trent more midfield time Rivers get enough midfield time to make him mid-only next year? Fiction. There you go. Taser, that dimmer is going to make Gold Coast less fantasy relevant. Now, you've been watching all the little videos getting sent to you from the coaching staff. What's your call? Oh, no, I think they'd be similar, if not more, because I don't think heaps of the players there were fantasy relevant you know, for draft this year anyway. Mm. Like, there's the four mids, Witsy. Sexton. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who's... Like, honestly, next year, I think, you know, it brings in Ainsworth. I've, I've got him ranked decently highly. I think the mids will probably still be relevant. Wits will probably still be relevant. And you're probably going to get some more half-backs in there. I don't think they could have been less relevant this year. Mm. McPherson was a good pickup for me, but Rory. but but he um, unfortunately sounds like he's going to be a pressure forward. 
Well, I mean, let, let's be honest about the sex goat. There's one thing he doesn't enjoy doing, and that's laying any pressure. <laughs> it is a bit of me time marching towards goal. That's, that's yeah. his game. Um, Craig, Port are going to play two rucks despite having Dixon, Marshall, Lord, Finlayson, and Georgiatis as tall options up forward. Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I'm unsure whether it's fact or fiction at the moment. I've got some big question marks of what that model's going to look like. Um, can, can that work with the two that they got, Steve? Can Soldo oh, play a, a key position? I would have thought it was fiction, personally. Yeah, fair enough. I like their forwards. Anyway, mm. uh, Jared, Sheasel gets punted forward to allow Luke McDonald and Zach Fisher to go ham. <laughs> fiction. Has the pendulum swung too far on Sheasel? Do we not like Sheasel enough? Uh, I, I think Sheasel's going to spend a fair bit of time in the mid. That's why LDU yep. was working on his Ford craft. His 60, um, 65 average. Butters 150. Yeah, why <laughs> is it a bad thing for Sheasel to go into the midfield, Nothing. though? Because we've got Hay- Hayden Young going into the midfield and we've all bumped him up and Tom Stewart will be fine. And That's the rhetoric this, that, that, she- that role. So you think Hall, Zeebel, Sheasel, that, that's their gold mine. So you, you actually look right across the board. And in fact, we, who, who averaged the most for them last year? Was it Bailey Scott? No, it would have been. Yeah, it would have been LDU. Eights. Oh, she's would have been the most, and then LDU. Is that? Yeah, I'm going to have a quick look. Um, but yeah, certainly LDU last five rounds, he was about 110. Um, so that would have helped him. Pip. No, she's all. Um, uh, oh, LDU lost games, so that's total points. Um, LDU ninety seven, Sheasel ninety seven, Bailey Scott eighty six. So you look through that midfield group, um, with the exception of LDU, but their highest averaging player is ninety seven, not a hundred and ten or hundred and fifteen, or in Bond's case hundred and seventeen. Um, their second midfielder, so like working inside, is Simpkin at seventy six. So you think. Um, that you had uh, both Zebu and Sheasel in the averaging in the nineties, and Bailey Scott eighty six. Then they're going in North Melbourne historically. The back line's better than the mid. Yeah, Bailey Scott's second half is like a straight hundred though. Yeah, let's not forget about him. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Carlton Carton Blues Nakos the midfielder. Fact or fiction? That Dacos is a midfielder. It's fact. Yeah. Yeah, that's where he's going to yep. be. Uh, Matt, Cairns is not only a dump fire for footy and fantasy, but a shithole in general. <laughs> <laughs> that's cruel. That's cruel. Um, I like some elements. That's a, that's a throwback, man. Yeah, that that's is a, a throwback. Throw. There's a few just making a point. We've been here for a while. We are old. Mm. 
TRO. Yeah. Uh, Josh, fact or fiction, Nick Newman can't average close to what he averaged in the last six weeks. Yeah, I, I think I think it's fact that he, he he won't average that. That's a fact. What did he average at the back end? Do you know this is must have been this is the tenth calendar year that you've been doing the draft doctors. Yeah, well, baby Fizz is what about to turn eight, and we started before her. Yeah, so this is my ninth calendar year. Your tenth. Yeah. I was in my twenties when we started. Twenties. Hey, twenty. I was. I was in my twenties when we started. (laughs) (laughs) Mate, you were born in the nineteen (laughs) twenties. Anyway, that'll wrap it up for this week. Beautiful, tight show. Go get the draft kit. The website's up. The website's running. The website actually is up, even on Saturday night. So, (laughs) ha ha ha. Um, Beautiful. Good work. Well done. Grab the draft kit team. Took us two months to put it together. Took us two months to get the website running up. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Draft Doctors Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and review.